When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Reminds me of the crash test, don't Do you remember that band? Anyways, whatever. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, we're live. The podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back. That was Green another music episode we got to do. That yeah. thing. No, we got Welcome to, yeah. That's our, ne- that's our next week. We got a list. But anyways, this is Highly Unapologetic. I'm your host, Adam. I am. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? And you're Travis. I have been for 33 years. The, for, oh my God, I forgot how old I was. The, but listen, man, 34 I 34 years I've been that. Yes, I did that. I did that when I was in my early 30s as well. Uh, am I 30? Am I 33? Am I it's all downhill yeah. from that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after 30 is like 33 is cool because it's the same number. But I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. It's not that real cool. 35 because you're getting into your. Then you start getting Botox. You're getting it. You're getting into your prime, and then once you're out of your prime, it's just. You know, I. Are you at your peak right now? I've you know I. It's funny you say that because, you know they they teach. Careful, man! How long you been doing? Yeah, teach us in school. You know, you know the sexual maturity of guys. You know their peak is like late teens, and girls is you know later. Right. And this and that, which you know, kind of scientifically explains like what I do with cougars. But I'm 34 <laughs> years old, and I feel better now. Yeah, than I have in like I feel like every year I feel better. I don't know that I could say that. Really, I feel like I've been downhill since I was about 28. Now it takes some more investment of like feeling like that, but right. I mean, like the investment's paying off because okay. I, I know I mean I have patients that come in that are younger than me. And that I'm like, look worse than you. Oh well, I mean, I wouldn't say look worse because I mean, I've I've got Botox worse. and lip filler, so that's a crazy thing too. I don't care to I'm say. Not, I'm not, dude. I don't hide crap. I got Botox two weeks ago on my forehead, and I got lip my lips done in January. That's fair. You only so, got one life. You might as well enjoy it. I have an announcement to make, man. Tell me. Um. So is it going to be a boy or a girl? No, not that. <laughs> uh. When I was younger, I lived in Dallas, 
And I'm talking like early 20s. When you were a young warthog? Yes. When I was a young warthog. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. When I was a young warthog, I lived in Dallas, Texas, and I stumbled upon a guy uh, on the radio mm-hmm. named Russ Martin. Mm-hmm. He's a shock jock. Okay. He, or he's in the shock jock category, just a super sarcastic jerk on the radio, but hilarious. Okay. Mm-hmm. And anytime I rolled through Dallas, <clears throat> Uh, Monday through Friday, and I was uh, in town between 3 and 7. Mm-hmm. I was tuning in to listen to the Russ Martin show. Okay. Okay. Russ Martin uh, was the one who got me into uh, wanting to be in in radio. You got a voice for it. I appreciate that. Um, That's why you're the host and I'm the co-host. Well... It's like voice and co-voice. That's neither here nor there, but... I prefer your voice. I prefer your voice. Kiss me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so it's been uh, a want and a dream of mine for years and years and years Mm -hmm. to be on the radio. And when I say be on the radio, I'm not talking about... Uh, talking on the radio for 15 seconds and then throwing on three songs. Right. And then coming back on and taking you to a commercial break and then throwing on four more songs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what I want to do. Uh, I started this podcast, and it's super fun, mm-hmm. and I love doing it. I love talking. I love talking to the people who come here. I love talking to you every other Sunday, every other, other, other Sunday. When you go no, on vacation. Yeah, whenever, <laughs> whenever, we, whenever we can uh, sit down and do this. But I have decided that I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to enroll myself into San Antonio College's broadcasting uh, associates program. Get out of here. No, for real. So first thing you have failed at is you didn't have a queued up applause Well, I, I want us to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Tomorrow, did I fail at anything else? No, I think you nailed okay, the rest good. of it. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. And that you left us all in suspense. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow, Monday morning, uh, I will be going down and uh, touring uh, the facilities and getting all the information needed to complete this uh, six-semester yeah. uh, program, uh, two semesters of which I've already taken – I've got credit for those classes already, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe are the summer the summer program. So yeah. it's literally for me going to be a four semester uh, program. Looks like, dude, I'm so happy for you. And like, for real, that's we, so cool. And we are going to try to get this on the radio, like for real, for real. So, like to that point, number one, to be at this point in your life and making a jump to something else. Like I, I, everybody here is like, it's never too late to do your dreams. And everybody's like, I know. And then they still hate their life. So the fact that you're making this switch, like I am so proud of you for like following a dream and doing it because so many people go to the grave and you like, you hear like, man, he wanted my deathbed. Like what's what's the three things you tell people? Like, I wish I would have gone back and followed this dream. They all say, everybody's like, oh, that hits my heart. And then they still do the same crap that they hate doing every day. And the fact that you're like, you know what? It's time. I'm going for it. Right. Dude, that's awesome. So I'm going to do it, uh, and I want to – the goal mm-hmm. is to be 
on talk radio, kind of kind of the shock, you know, like the Howard Stern, Russ Martin, kind of in that direction, minus all the like vulgarities. The, the vulgarities. Yeah. Right. I still want to be like the. You want to be on Christian radio and say crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yes, that's what I want to do. Perfect. Yeah, I want to be on Christian radio. Yeah, and say, <laughs> and say heck, the heck with it. Dude, that's awesome. But anyways, no, yeah, we're going to do that. I can't and, wait to uh, see what our production value goes up each week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 more monitors in here. So, and what happened when when I when I was listening to uh, Russ Martin way back in the day, they had a dude on the show, mm-hmm. but he was only on the show like Tuesdays and Thursdays because he was a real-life lawyer. Okay. And so he only made appearances two times a week. Mm-hmm. You're a doctor. So you'll come on the show two day, two times a week. Okay. Like Thursdays and and Mondays. Cool. Yeah. So we'll keep that we'll keep that uh slot open for you so you don't oh, have you're to, the best. You're so you don't have to quit your I would your good paying real job. I my my eye itches, but I'm it's also a tear. The only thing that I've heard that is negative about going into the radio is the pay is not great. That's the hours good. are can be terrible. And uh, the hours can be terrible cuz you're doing a whole lot of uh like spots at uh, different locations. So you're going to try to get with a radio station? Uh, that's the goal, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like like the ultimate goal is to be a syndicated talk you know, show. I think people don't appreciate AM radio. Because I, like, I have friends that are, doc- that are other doctors that have their own show right. on AM stations. They'll get a whole like hour block, and they can come on and talk about whatever they want. Right. So Russ Martin uh, was, on a, uh, he was on a rock station uh-huh. to start, and then he went to an alternative talk, is what they called it, uh, on, the, on the FM dial. And then went back to the rock station. And even on the rock station, he was the voice on the way home. Mm-hmm. He had a you know a three to seven. Wow, uh, that's a hot that, yeah, slot. Yeah, on a rock station. So they're not. So they're literally playing one song after a twenty minute segment mm-hmm. each hour. You wow. know what I mean? So yeah. they're they're losing out on the music. But you got you got this dude who has been a mainstay in. Dallas Fort Worth radio. He was not nationally syndicated. Okay, he could have been. He didn't want to be. Yeah, uh, but he was still. He was selling his homes uh, to Dallas Mavericks, to Dallas Stars. You know, that's who were. Those are the people who were coming to. So he was making more than enough money. Yeah, and he talked about. Uh, I remember one episode he was talking about. He didn't even finish the radio broadcasting program. Uh, at his community college mm-hmm. uh, that he was attending, he didn't even finish it. Uh, got started, got an internship or something at a radio station, and just built. But I'm, well, you do have a face for radio. I do. Well, I de- so. Oh, absolutely. I've got the face and a voice for radio. Uh, I haven't. I have my uh, my step uncle, my aunt's second husband. Okay. Um, <laughs> the guy's a police. Well, the guy's a policeman. Mm-hmm. In Tallahassee, but when I tell you, the man's got a voice. Yeah, like he's just. Yeah. I mean, just every time you talk to him, like I'm like I want to get pulled over by you. Yeah, and I've like for years I'm dude like you've got like you need to do radio and he and like he's heard it his whole life. Yeah, and I don't think he ever did anything. With it. But like I think- he could have very easily had like had that just that even that random guy. But he's so like just so 
innocent. You know, he's like, he's that, that nice cop that like you, you worry that he's not going to meet his quota, yeah. you know, cause he's like, yeah, I got it. So I understand. Yeah, that's cool. And I don't think he would have made it right. big enough, but like to be like a voice actor right, or something like that, like to do commercials and stuff. I think he'd have been great. It took, um, I think it took this podcast for people to realize I do kind of have a voice for the mics. You do. Um, I didn't believe it until I started hearing it more after we started this, you know, two, two and a half years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been cool. Well, congratulations, man. Thanks, man. That's fantastic. It's going to be a good ride. So you start tomorrow. Well, yeah, we're going to go do the tour thing tomorrow and check it out. And then uh, I'll get all uh, administered, <laughs> enrolled, and, and, you know, whatever else I got to do. I don't know. Are you going to fit that around the other work you do? Uh, well, I'll tell you some things off off the air. Okay, you know, yeah, no big deal. So, anyways, what's going on with you, man? What's going on in the world? Oh, Biden's making a fool of himself. Well, yeah, continue. So, uh, you don't have to tell me, but did you vote for Biden? No, I didn't vote for either one of them. Okay, good. They're both imbeciles. Uh, I, <laughs> I think Trump would. I mean, honestly, like. I think Trump would have had a, a handle I, on it better. I right think now. that Trump, Trump has been the best of the worst. Yeah, and it's only because, like, regardless, of, like, I don't. I think he's a trash human being. I think he's. I think he's. You know, he's his morals are not non-existent. His morals but and like, ethics. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. My my thought was always. It's only four years. Right. Like how much, even if he's awful, like how much damage can he do in four years? Which now I feel like I'm starting to see that with Biden because I don't, I, re- I mean, just. He's done some pretty good damage in seven, seven months. But like realistically though, like Trump got stuff done. Yeah. Whether you liked his policies or agreed with what he did or not, he, he got a, like, he, he did a lot. Yeah. You know? And on the flip side of that, like Joe Biden's been in politics in the United States for twenty percent of the entirety of the United States of America. Right. Like as a nation, twenty percent of the time we've been a country, Joe Biden's been in politics. Right. And I just feel like when I watch some of the stuff that he does online and like his interviews and these things, it's like he's clearly a puppet. I'm just curious, like who's like he's Pinocchio, who's Papa Geppetto? Because like he gets in front of the mic and he's like Kamala. He just he mumbles and he's and like it, that when he first like one of the first interviews he did and he's like okay and, and now we're gonna take some questions that's 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 what I'm supposed to do right Barb like or whatever his wife's name is yeah like what yeah <laughs> no the the, the 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 first the first week Golly. when he when when he signed all those executive orders mm-hmm. they were just handing them to him and handing them to him and he goes and he's saying I I don't know what this one is and Kamala Harris is telling it just sign it Joe. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so apolitical. So, yeah. Like I just I look at it as more like it's like this massive soap opera that we're all just living in and I'm watching <laughs> these characters and I'm just like, okay, yeah. what are they going to and on next week's episode. Just ready for God to take us all out. People are like, "Oh, I can't believe like, your politics. I can't believe you talk about the I hate politics. Like, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. No for no I for just sure. Don't care. Yeah. Like and like this whole idea of like, well, if you don't if you don't like it, like go and do something, like vote, like I get it. Like votes are important. I'm not. You know, I'm not knocking our system, but like, let's be real. There's so many bigger powers at work. Like, if you, any person that's listening to us that thinks that you vote, then it's like I've got all this power and I'm going to make a difference. Like this stuff is all predetermined. Right. Like the the world is too 
big tech, it's big pharma. Too, there's too many things going on for them to be like, okay, regular people, like you get to choose. You know what I mean? Like the fact that people think like, I'm going to go vote. My Like, no, you're not. Like you vote. They give us a voting system to keep anarchy from happening so that we feel like, and there's enough people that vote that, and you could say like, oh, you know, it was so close, you know, like, oh, we all made a difference. Like, no, you didn't. You know, the voting system in the political realm is so messed up when we're getting excited to go cast a vote and then posting a sticker that we got. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. If like, there's a reason there are two voting systems, popular and electoral, right? And people say, oh, it's because, you know, it keeps, you know, big states from skewing it. No. If it's popular, it doesn't matter what your state, how many, it's, no. Like, if we went off just popular opinion, popular vote alone, that would be fine. If we went off just one or the other one, it would be fine. But we have two as a checks and balance system. Right. To see, like, if the powers that are trying to control all this stuff match and so kind of sway yeah. the people. Got it. So I, just, I mean, I, and I, this is not going down this conspiracy theory rabbit hole. I just think like <laughs> I just, know you want to. I mean, I, I I do, and like I'm like I don't mind doing it. But I just like I just get so triggered when I like see people just like like they go off the hinges. Like they go like they go off. They wake up in the morning angry, and all they want to do is just spew this political rhetoric. Yeah, and think that it's going to make a difference. Yeah. like do you have nothing better to do with your life? The 77 years that you have on this planet, and you're going to spend the majority of it angry because your political beliefs weren't backed by right. some system that is above you. It's got to be tiring. It's got to be. It's got to be tiring living a life of, what can I find offensive today? Mm-hmm. That's got to be tiring. Mm-hmm. Sad to say, it, it takes a lot to offend me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Like it, it takes a lot. Like you, you're gonna try. If you, if you do actually get to a point where you do offend me, you've tried real hard and you really reached for that straw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've been, I've been in cheerleading for 20 years. You know how many names I've been called? Right. And no, that's been that's said and that's relationships the, that were ruined. Like that's the perfect example. I could care. I, I that, could, literally could not care less. Th- th- you know, you're talking about okay, cool. Yeah, I cheerlead. I coach cheerleading. Go I'm, on. I'm also a doctor. <laughs> I, I I I that is like you know I'm also, that's one where I'm backed in a corner I'm, and like I got I got I got to pull one last gun. Like I never pull that out. I'm an educated. PhD doctor. Not quite, but close enough. Well, whatever. Doctor, just say doctor level education. Yeah. Doctor level education. There you go. And I cheerlead. But my my first gun that I would pull would be like, yeah, holding hot girls up in the air and looking <laughs> at booty. Yeah. There was yeah, a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of very pretty girls. That's super gay. <laughs> well, it's just funny because like you know, as we get older and we realize, you know, a lot of people come around to like their ignorance with things. You know, and I used to go home to visit for holidays, and the guys that I played football with that gave, that ended up like I lost, you know, the friends I lost. Yeah. And you run into them, and they're still you know working it out back. 
Yeah. And here you are like getting a degree and like huh. doing stuff with your life. Yeah. And the same guys are like, man, you, I saw you on TV at the national championship game man, that was so cool. Like, Oh, you were the smartest one of them out of all of us. And ah, I'm so sorry. I, you know, gave you all that crap. And I'm like, it's cool. Yeah. You, I, I care as much now as I did then. So your apology Which, means as much now as it as, is, as your words did then. Which is none. I mean, it's it's, it's big all. of you to recognize that, but like, who cares? I, Live your, I I don't want your apology. Yeah, like I really don't. It means nothing to me. Agreed, agreed. So you've been paying attention to uh, the baseball stuff, it's like Shohei. Oh man, that dude is a he's a beast. Did you see the tweet from like 2018 where they're like, "Oh, he's a high school hitter. He'll never thrive in the in the in an MLB setting." Right. I, I, yeah, I do remember that uh, because I followed. Listen, I followed the whole courting. Mm-hmm. So the MLB has a a you have a um, each team has an X amount of dollars that you and they bid for these players. Mm-hmm. It's not just. Hey, come sign with us, you know, type thing. Right. You bid on the right to negotiate a contract with this player. Okay. Okay. And each team has uh, an MLB allotted budget mm-hmm. for what you can offer. And all you're doing is when you win the bid, all he's not on your team. Right. All you want is the right to negotiate a contract. Yeah. Okay. So I followed this. So the Angels, you know, got, you know, they won the bid to negotiate and he chose to sign with the Angels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I followed all that. And, and one of my favorite things is reading scouting reports of players, the big name players who get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Mike Trout, mm-hmm. they got it wrong. Uh, he he came into the league as a five tool player, yep. and they said his you know his one thing that he's going to be able to do well in the MLB his steal bases, mm-hmm. and that's it. And this dude is a great fielder; he can steal the bases, he can hit for average, he can hit for power, he can do it all. But man, Shohei Otani is probably the best baseball player in the world, and may for like not just now. Comparing him to okay, like, so he's only been in the in the majors for three. This is his third year, mm-hmm. and I get the comparisons to Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth, widely regarded as the best baseball player ever. I don't think he was. Uh, I think, Asterisk, right? I think you could go. And, and I think before you integrate the league, anybody that was the best before integration was not the best. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that because because uh, there there were athletes that were in like the Negro League, right? Satchel, Satchel Page, like you, they, they would they would beat the pants, right? Oh, absolutely, your mainstream guys. But but then again, you have the generational argument. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got the dead ball era. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a super juice ball era right now. You know, uh, my buddy Mario he he refuses to acknowledge uh, players from the past because he was not able to actually visually watch them play baseball. I can agree with that. Okay, and I agree to an extent, but you can't. That, that's like. That's like the left trying to get rid of, you know, um, the Confederate Army because they were the Confederate Army. Like they were, you know, gonna, were going to cancel them. They didn't exist because they were fighting for the wrong thing. No, they they existed. Yeah, you may not agree for what they were fighting for, but they 
definitely existed. You know, and not to go off on a tangent, just one small little snippet. A lot of people don't realize the parties that we have now are flipped. Were the opposite, yeah. And the Republicans were the left, right? Dems were the right, right? Yeah. So anyway, Uh, and so I don't necessarily agree with canceling them just because I didn't get to see them, right? Uh, Because you could go Babe Ruth, you could go Ty Cobb, Mm -hmm. uh, you could go Willie Mays. Mm -hmm. Willie Mays is, I mean, if we're going Hank, uh, I wouldn't. No. Not really. I mean, he he could hit a he. Yeah, he's, he's a good slugger. I mean, you could talk about. Um, oh, I just I just drew a blank. Arguably one of the best hitters ever. He uh, played for the Red Sox. Ted Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go a lot of people. Yeah, he goes uh, Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. He's a Dodger fan. Yeah, and he thinks Barry Bonds is the the best player to ever walk the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just think, I think with Shohei, it's the fact that like yes, you and not even comparing generations. You're talking about a guy who is a multi-position. The only all-star. No, the only, right, and man, he took a lot of flack for that because I mean, one one game he only pitched two thirds of an inning mm-hmm. and gave up seven runs. But his next start, you know, he went seven deep, ten K. Gave up one run, only gave up three or four hits. Well, that's why you have an ERA. Right. It's not one game. Exactly. So my only knock on him with the comparisons is one day Babe Ruth, who was a great pitcher Mm -hmm. uh, when he was with the Red Sox, before he got sold to the Yankees, great pitcher, Mm -hmm. decided one day, I don't want to pitch anymore. And made a transition into the outfield mm-hmm. and played a position. Mm-hmm. Otani doesn't do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when Otani pitches, he bats for himself. He doesn't have the DH. Mm-hmm. But when he's taken out of the game as a pitcher, uh, to keep his stick in the lineup, he could go, say, to, to right field. Yeah. But he doesn't. Right. And that's my only knock on him. Learn to play a position because I'm an Angels fan. Mm-hmm. And – with Trout hurt, with Upton hurt, with Rendon hurt, you cannot not have his bat in the lineup. For sure. So if you only go three innings on the mound, you get one at bat, maybe two at bats mm. in that game before you're taken out of the game completely and you're putting in a a triple A, you know, whatever mm-hmm. replacement. So, but man, he's a beast, and I'll be willing to say. If he keeps up with what he's doing right now, he will go down as the best baseball player to to walk the face of the earth. I I, I could see that, and I you know I, there's there's been some instances where they've been able to make accurate comparisons with like the past mm-hmm. and the present. It's it's a hard thing to do. And we talk, you know it's one thing that you hear people talk about is like there's no way you can't play them against each other kind of thing, right? But there was a, an episode of a sport. I think it was sports science. Where they were talking about um, Jesse Owens, right? And they were trying mm-hmm. to see, you know, Jesse Owens was like, you know, what? I mean, before Phelps was probably the most appreciated Olympian, right, of all time. Yeah. And so, in order to like see how would Jesse Owens do compared to like Usain Bolt, right? You know, um, they found a a shoemaker that could make a period leather shoe with traditional spikes, right? And they created a 100-meter track that was clay. 
And they got the guy that was from Canada that was second to Bolt in the 100 okay. by like two-tenths of a second. Right. And they had him run in the- these shoes run 100 meters on that track. They even get Bolt to do it. I don't know for whatever reason, but they got this guy to agree to it. <clears throat> Jesse almost beat him no. with period shoes and on period turf. Right. Or on period clay. He beat him. He didn't, he didn't meet Jesse Owens' time. Yeah. It's meaning Jesse Owens could have beaten Usain, Usain Bolt. Bolt. Yeah. That's the idea. So, like, to see them be able to create some aspect of, like, period comparison. Right. I mean, you could do it with baseball. Yeah. Get the same bat. Yeah. Get the same. Yeah. Make the bats that the way they used to. Make them like they did. Get, get, get guys. Because you got to think, like, these guys, like, yes. These guys train differently. It's a whole different mindset. You know, we're not talking about the whiskey swelling in the dugout kind of thing. Right. But, like, there's something to be said about when you get bat speed. <clears throat> On a high inside fastball, yeah, <clears throat> and you come onto that that ninety plus mile an hour pitch. It's physics, right? You you're hit, gonna that, hit that. You're going to crush that ball a lot farther. These than guys you were that were throwing ball. 70, 75, yeah, you know, with this wild wind up and these and these these bats like and these dead how, balls. How many guys could in the MLB could stand up at the plate on a tee and knock it over the fence? Right, you know what uh, I mean. So yeah. like. I, I think you could make if you really wanted to set it up. You could do a fair comparison. But on, well, but on the flip side too of uh, the seventy-five mile an hour fastball and whatever else, you're also creating more pitches now. Yeah. Now you're creating a, a you know a, an eighty-nine. You got your you got your ninety-four hour mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. Now you got a eighty-nine mile an hour slider that looks like a fastball, and then right at the end tails off the table. Mm-hmm. You know, type thing. They didn't have that yeah. back then. Or a curveball that goes twelve to six. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like a. You ever heard of the Ephus? Mm-hmm. The Ephus pitch, forty-nine miles an hour. There's Just a guy like, throwing them now. Yeah, I can't remember. What's... He plays for the Twins, but he's a position player. There's there's another guy throwing a knuckleball right now that is nasty. Uh, there have been a few knuckleball pitchers that man, that ball just dances the whole time. And if you do get a hold of it, you're good. Uh, Wakefield, Tim Wakefield was one. Uh, I love knuckleball. R A Dickey was one. I can throw a knuckleball. I can throw one, but not fast. Yeah. And I, I I'll tell you what you can tell you what what impresses me the most blitz ball pitchers. Oh yeah, those guys oh, that, dude, that lit like they're like watch. pro blitz ball pitchers that'll throw like they'll throw a rise ball, <laughs> yeah, six to twelve from like, overhand. Yes, from over yeah Bro. or or sidearm. Those like those guys that the oh man too. Yeah, those are those are fun videos to watch. I've got blitz balls here at the house. There's but, a, and I can't at the cheer facility. They have we have a, a baseball training area in the back. Uh-huh. We have like a full twenty thousand square foot indoor baseball training facility. Oh, nice! And the kids there. There's a big open space, and the kids will sometimes pull out some you know some some plates, and they'll have a little blitz ball game. Yeah. And I've gotten behind, you know, the backstop, and watched some of these twelve, thirteen year old kids throw a blitz ball. Yeah, it's wild. It is. It's it's. I don't under like to a double curve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it it's slides weird. twice, right? It's nuts. Um, yeah, so you, you didn't have that back in the twenties, thirties, forties. You know, your your pitches started <laughs> developing more a little in the sixties, seventies, eighties. Definitely, you know, is when you're getting all that. But dude, Shohei Otani, if he keeps pace, pitching and hitting, he, he's going to be the. He'll probably be the best ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Mario Mario says Barry Bonds. I say right now Ricky Henderson. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, but it's just—I mean, it's here or there. Uh, when Trout retires, it'll be him. 
mm-hmm. until Shohei. Yeah. Until Shohei uh, retires. But man, dude, did I you? Don't, see- I don't think we can talk sports without talking about the fight last night. So okay. <laughs> I've got I've got buddies who are big uh, Conor McGregor oh my fans, God, dude. Okay, uh, he may hate me, and I'm going to put this as the teaser. So, uh, Marcus, don't don't fight me next time you see me. But I saw the best the best meme, and it was uh, something like uh, it showed an actual picture of the break, and it was disgusting. But it said, uh, "Not even his own ankles can stand him now." <laughs> <laughs> And it's true. He, man, I just I felt like he was just so annoying. Uh, I, this this go round, you know. I've tried. You know, I, I, I've thought about it on the way home because we went to watch the fight at some friends last night, and I thought about it on the way home because I was talking. I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she was like, "I just like he's such a, like he, almost like he had it, you know, deserved it kind of thing." And you know, trying to understand Connor, like you know, he went from the bad boy, right. Then he was humbled, and right. he came back. Remember, he was like super respectful. You know, he, he did all the interviews. And he's like, no, nah. you know, they were trying to like get him to, you know, be that that McGregor. And he just he wouldn't do it. You know, he was right. just very like, no. Nah. He's like that. You know, that time is behind me. And he's like, you know, it's a different mindset now, and my focus is on different things. And he came back, and he didn't have the edge. I mean, and he, he got he, knocked he, out. He got knocked out. He didn't have that 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 edge and so people start you know there was like the is the you know is the connor era over you know because it's just like if he's not trash talking it's almost like that intensity's not there right so it's almost like he came back trying to like reignite that flame okay and he went too far yeah you know like he tried to overdo it right you know there's there's a difference between the old connor that was a showman right you know that was like edgy but still like you know you you'd want your kids to watch him this guy's sitting on the ground with a snapped in half leg, telling, ta- telling him your wife's in my DMs, like you hoe, you know, like yeah. you, dude, you like I don't, I don't know if you're in shock right now and you're just talking like off your gourd, but like give it up, right? Like you, you, you just <laughs> broke your own leg, give right, it up, right, right, you right. Know? So we just did an episode of the the music unapologetically, mm-hmm. and uh, we started talking about how real. Ask. Talent, good job. Uh, we started talking about how real beefs were mm-hmm. in the in the in the hip hop. Mm-hmm. How real do you think all of that was from um, from Conor McGregor? Was it to sell tickets? Was it to get his purse bigger? I think. Well, I think that I mean Conor's the ultimate showman, right? I mean, he really he, he's that's why he, he and the Mayweather fight was so was so good because Mayweather and, and McGregor are the each other of their sport, right? You know? Connor knows how to sell tickets. He knows how to hype a crowd. Like, you know, Connor doesn't even need to fight anymore. I mean, the, between like proper 12 and everything, all his other ventures, like right. he's got more money he knows what to do with. Right. I think that knowing that he's had a, like the bad boy in the past and just from an outsider standpoint, seeing how far he went with it, I think that even if it were a ruse, that even Poirier was like, What's he doing? Like, like is is he being is he being for real now? Right. Like, what do you you know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I think that I think that part of me is like, if it were just a ruse, that when the leg snap happened, it would have turned off. Yeah. But then the other side of it is like, if it were a ruse, maybe he's such a showman that like he had to keep selling it. Right. 
and not be like, oh my god, uh, you know. I, so I don't know, man. I, that, I don't. I don't know at this point because so, if he is, he's the greatest. <laughs> he's the greatest actor ever. So let me let me just make one thing real clear. I don't wish anything like that Mm-mm. upon no. anybody. But uh, the same token, we don't have to listen to him for a while, and I think that's kind of a, a relief to me. I'm I'm more frustrated at the fact that I that just to get to see the end of the fight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I mean, Poirier was was definitely like in charge of the first round, uh-huh. but Connor wasn't doing poorly, right? You know, what I mean, he, he was. He had taken this. He took a, a page out of Poirier's book and was chopping his legs. Yeah. Remember last time they fought? I mean, Connor had to get crutched. I mean, he had to, he couldn't walk. Right. He, I mean, he. I mean, almost. I, w- I would have said if you'd have kicked him ten more times, he probably lost the leg. I mean, he was he beat that dude's leg up. Yeah. So he took a you know a, a page out of his book and was like, all right, like I'm going to get the offensive on the leg. Right. So he was chopping at his legs really well. Right. And to be able to like. Poirier is a better wrestler, but like you get on the ground, Connor, I don't know much about MMA. So Connor, so. Connor would not beat Poirier on the ground. Okay, so that when they finally got him up and started like going back at it, had he not broken his leg and stumbled back, I feel like Connor would have gotten some momentum, and round two would have been really interesting, right? Because I think Connor realized like in that moment he's smart, whether you like him or not. Connor is a very smart fighter, yeah. And if he can stay off his back after getting smothered, he'll stay away. Yeah. So like I would have been really interested to see a legitimate ending. So who are you cheering for? McGregor. Oh, okay. I'm not, I mean and, and it's not McGregor like you know fanboy McGregor. I just I think he's a good I mean, he's I enjoy watching him fight. I mean yeah. he's, he's just a good fighter. That's fair. You know. I don't know much about the UFC. I just know I got when, a buddy that fights in the UFC. I just know that when I'm annoyed, mm-hmm. like I want you to lose. Yeah. And like this week, I was kind of annoyed with McGregor. So yeah, he went a little far with it. it was the, I got a guy that I, I actually I cheered with who is like on the big card. Like he yeah. went on the main card. He, he, he so he fought Silva. Yeah, and he fought Anderson Silva on his retirement fight. Um, so I mean, like I've I've enjoyed watching UFC since like Chuck Liddell. Okay, you know, back in the day, in the beginning, yeah. Chuck Liddell and yeah. Tito, Tito Ortiz, and Randy yeah. Couture, and Dan Severn. I mean, like Hoist back when he was like, I don't like. I mean, I've I've seen all of like the first ones where it was a tournament, right? A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people that watch UFC don't know, like UFC one through five, they were a tournament, right? It was yeah, tournament yeah. style. It was a bracketed style tournament, they, and, uh, and it was single practice, single. Uh, single fight pra- fight style practitioners. The, they were, the whole idea was like, if we put a sumo wrestler against a kickboxer, like who's right. going to win? You watched the thirty for thirty, yeah, with uh, Tito and and Chuck, mm-hmm. yeah, because they they highlighted that part. Yeah, I mean, like, and there's like like Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was the first what I would consider like true mixed martial artist, and he wasn't even a mixed martial artist. It's just that his style shoot fighting uh-huh. was in and of itself a combination of like ground based stuff and striking. Right. So he was like the first like he'll wrestle you and he'll punch your face in, but right. with with skill, you know. Yeah. Like Hoist barely ever threw a punch, but he'd smother you like a wet blanket. You know what I mean? So like Ken Shamrock was your first, in my opinion like true mixed style fighter. Right. And it evolved from there. Right. And, but like all those old tournaments, like the very first fight was a, I think he was a sumo wrestler against a kickboxer. Right. And within the first like 30 seconds, the kickboxer kicks this sumo wrestler to the ground and knocks his tooth out, like hits him in his tooth, it flies out of his mouth. And the ref's like, 
you know, these refs have never seen this before. Right. They don't know what. So they stop the fight. And they're called the doctor. He's like, call the, like, he's like calling the doctor in, you know. And the, the, and the, fan, the crowds are like booing him. You know, like we came to watch these guys, ki- you know, kill each other essentially. And you're stopping it. Because of a tooth. Because he got his tooth knocked out. But like, I would have freaked out too. Watch yeah. some guy get his tooth knocked out in front of him. He's getting punched <laughs> in the head while he's sitting on the ground, uh, bare knuckle, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, those old ones, like you can find the old like UFC 1 on YouTube. Yeah. Like yeah, UFC yeah. 1, Hoist Gracie won the first one. Um, one of the funniest fights I ever saw was Hoist Gracie against a boxer. His boxer comes into the ring in boxing boots and boxing gloves. Wearing boxing gloves. He got no hands. And all Hoist Gracie did was get him to the ground and smother him. Yeah. Didn't punch him. Didn't submit him. He just got on top of him. And every time the guy's trying to get out from underneath him, he can't get out. And the guy tapped because he couldn't do anything. Right. And they were like, what happened? If I was like, I couldn't move. He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't get out from under him. Like, there's no point. And he tapped out. He submitted because he couldn't move. <laughs> like, it's just that kind of stuff. That's funny. So the old, the old UFCs are a lot of fun, man. It's crazy. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day and last night. Um, just goes goes uh, to my streak even more. But I'm not a gambler. I'm not a betting man. But I would be a rich, rich man if I were. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because I would have put a lot of money on, on McGregor losing. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of, or I'll say this, at the end of last basketball season, I told somebody at work, the Phoenix Suns are going to win the championship next year. Watch. When the year started, their line was so outrageous. I'd put $1,000 on the Phoenix Suns, I'd be a millionaire. If I was a betting man, mm-hmm. I'd be a millionaire right now. And it's crazy. Phoenix Suns look so good. Suns and four. That yeah. video. Oh, that dude. Game. That dude's famous now. Dude. How do you? Oh, man. I'm, I'm in your friend up. Yeah. Suns and four. I yeah. saw videos of people taking selfies with no, him. No, that's funny. They, they, like, he got like gear. Yeah. He got like courtside tickets and stuff. Yeah, Booker, <laughs> Booker, Booker found him. Uh, Devin Booker found him. Devin Booker, Devin Booker found him. Mm-hmm. Sent him all kinds of stuff. Sent him tickets to the finals games. Sent him, you know. All. He's a Phoenix legend now. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. My uh, we lived in Phoenix. I was born in in Arizona. Okay, and, I love uh, Phoenix. My my parents used to go to the the old Suns game. Watch Charles. Watch Charles. What? No, uh, even before then. Okay, in the early early eighties. Okay, uh, but they would go to watch Showtime Lakers against Phoenix because yeah, they were they were big Laker fans. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I never I never really was like I'm a Spurs fan. But I, I will casually cheer for the Phoenix teams except the card, the Cardinals, only because my brother's a big Cardinals fan, and I can't like anything he likes. I just you know, I, and we talked about this quite a few times, but just I'm not a big NFL fan. I'm not either, and I'm still like the only thing that's going to hinge on that changing for me is if they sign Tim. Uh, have you been reading about that? Yeah, said he's doing decent. Yeah, they say he's doing decent, and there, but then there's and he's, yeah, and he's great in the locker room. There's there's a lot. I mean, there's always the trash talkers that are like they take one, you know, one soundbite 
from Urban, and they're like, "Oh, Urban's you know thinking that Tim's not going to make it and blah blah blah." And I'm like, God, "Y'all are this is y'all are trying to get clicks." Well, Urban Urban came out the other day and was saying how like how great he's been to the locker room. Well, that's good. So I'm just well, you know when the which is no is surprise. You know when the deadline is for that for them to like make the roster. Mm-hmm. I don't either. It's just it's just starting. Okay. Uh, I think they can have up to a hundred and hundred and something to start camp. Yeah. Dude, I'm so and through three cuts, you would have let down to excited about football season. College? Like to get back, yes, to get back to a normal. Yeah, I am too. I'm ready for <sighs> uh for college. Um and I'm supposed to be good this year. They told us that UTSA is gonna be back to like full capacity. Good. So Alamo Dome will be back to like rocking rock and roll. Yeah. Which is it, cool because like last season, my first season coaching, it was like coaching to nobody. Yeah. Which is I mean, it was fine. We, the games were fun, don't get me wrong. But like after being in there and then now being able to look at it full. I mean, let's look at it let's look at it this way. What's the point of the cheerleaders? To get the crowd going. Right. No so crowd. why are cheerleaders there when there's no crowd? So we actually so like here's here's a really cool like little whatever. UTSA was the only school in the nation of any division that had cheerleaders on the sideline when the pandemic was going on. Oh. We were the only one. And on top of that, we were the only because you know the, the contact you can't get in contact with each other, you got six feet. We were able to follow because we had to follow Alamo Dome guidelines, NCAA guidelines. And UTSA's guidelines, we went through. Our kids were tested. We were like we they were kept away from like other things. We were actually allowed to stunt. We were allowed to like the kids were allowed to stunt, hold each other in pyramids and, and stunts and stuff. It's the only college in the country that they allowed sideline cheer. Nice, yeah. So um, yes, the crowds weren't huge, but like in the in the era that we were for collegiate sports, UTSA was like making history. So UTSA's football team is what like five six years old. No, no, it's it's more than that. It's like it's 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 like a decade. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So they've had two two coaches. We, uh, when they first started, yeah. Um, you've got to you've got to believe that most everybody had a team, mm-hmm. right? Right. Whether you're UT, A and M, Baylor, Houston, Notre Dame, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was amazing to me how how San Antonio latched onto UTSA, mm-hmm. whether you went there or not. Yeah. Um, I was always watching people's Snapchats or Facebook posts, videos of of uh, how full the Alamo Dome was during uh, during these games, even in their first, first couple years, mm-hmm. uh, how full the parking lot was while they were tailgating before games, mm-hmm. reading – Reading how everybody on Friday night is getting ready to go tailgate, don't have tickets tailgating anyway, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. It's like, I mean, it's the same idea with the Spurs, you know, like San Antonio. If you take the Spurs out of San Antonio, I think it would be hard to argue this is a big city. I think having a it's a big town, it's a very big, like, it's a very, it's the, it's the world's biggest small town, right? So, like, you think about like football in Texas to start with is huge. Right. You've got the world's biggest small town in a football state, like the local team. I've got to go support the local guys. Right. You know? And you don't, you're not going to get these five star, you know, college, high school players that right. want to come to UTSA. 
But it's the same, you know, you look at it the same way with the Spurs. Like they're pulling from the D League, you know, they're pulling these guys from Europe. They're pulling these guys that are nobodies to develop them and they right. work well together. Yeah. So I think like you look at UTSA, I mean, for a quote unquote like nobody program in a nobody conference, they're they're impressive to watch. I mean, there's some talent out there. I the think field. they did well uh being a first year program and hiring Larry Coker. Mm-hmm. That was that was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a big name in in college football, and uh, having them as the first coach that was, that was pretty cool. They um, they did actually really well last season. I mean, we went on like a, I think it was like a five game five game win streak, right? And then we went a couple of games on the road. I remember we were out of the dome for like I think like two or three weeks. They yeah. did have some away games, and like we were I think we were like five and like four and oh or five and oh mm-hmm. and then like when we got back and it was like or no i think it was like four and one no it was four and oh i think and then we got back and it was like week eight or seven like week seven or eight and it was like oh yeah like what's our record now and it was like four and two or like four and three <laughs> like we just went like well that quarterback's supposed to be real good right which one the one that broke his leg yeah he was so he was, Actually, that, was that last year he broke his leg or the year yeah. before? So he, there was a guy that – so our, our main quarterback kept getting hurt and yeah. getting hurt. And so they had a fill-in come in, and he pulled a Dak like a week after Dak. And then I talked to him. It may have been like two weeks later. He was on the sideline like right near us. And I was talking to him about how his leg was doing and how his rehab's going and all this stuff. And he was like, honestly, man, it's going like really well because he didn't dislocate. He just fractured. Right. It's like put a plate in, screw in. He's already – I mean, he was already back like weight-bearing doing rehab and stuff. Yeah. Totally different. Like Dak – that ankle's screwed, right? Yeah. This kid, bone heels, like, you're back. You know what right. I mean? So I think given um, his talent level, what they kind of saw out of him before the the freak accident, I think he's got a good future. Yeah. I think he's going to be a good leader for the team. Yeah. That'll be awesome. What else? Who's going to win national championship this year? Alabama again? <laughs> God, you know how much I hate Alabama. Yo, they came out with a top ten coaches – in college football. Yeah. And, of course, Nick Saban was number one. Mm-hmm. Urban uh, had to be top three. No, no, no. I'm talking current. Oh. Okay. Current, current, current. Uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, man, I'm drawing all kinds of blanks. Uh, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Was not on the list. He was 13th. What? Yeah. Yeah, dad. I don't put a lot of weight. I mean, I don't put a lot of like respect in these, like some of these lists. Polls, yeah. yeah. Like they had Dan Mullins at number four. Dan's a great coach. He's not better than Jimbo Fisher. Debatable. Jimbo beat Dan Mullins last year. Dan Mullen is still building a program. So is Jimbo. When Jimbo go to A and M? He's going into his fourth year. Mullen has just finished his third. Okay, so they're still Come building. On. They're still building. Mullen's got more, more. Mullen's got more titles and more stuff under his belt. Does he? Mm-hmm. Mullen was Tebow's coach. In three years, he has two national championships and a Heisman Trophy winner. Okay, so Jimbo doesn't have that. Jimbo worked under Saban. He's a, he's on the Saban tree. But was he Jimbo win and a national championship as a head coach he's with like, Florida State? Yeah, they won a national title. Yes, win. I'll tell you. 98, I thought, was the last time Florida State won a national title. Jimbo. And that's back when Bobby was coaching. Oopsie. Jimbo Fisher. 2013. 2013. Florida State and Auburn. Yep, that's the one. 
He's also 26-10 and 10 in the SEC West. That's not a hard side of the conference. It is the conference. That's LSU, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama is the Auburn. only one in. Stop it. That's the gauntlet. We don't get to play Vanderbilt or Kentucky every year or Missouri. Sorry. <laughs> Florida is in the East. Florida sucks. You suck. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. You suck. Your voice is not good for radio. <laughs> That's super popular. Your voice is good That's for radio until you say that. And it sucks. <laughs> That's a great opinion. Everybody agrees with that. I'm biased. No, I know you are. And so am I. But Dan Mullins is not better than Jimbo. Now, if it was if it was uh, under the Kevin Sumlin era, mm-hmm. Dan Mullins would definitely be above Kevin Sumlin. Who do you think is the best college coach not not as in history but let's say since 2000 Saban like best three okay so Saban top five okay Saban number one for sure um Urban's gotta be up there Mm -hmm. Urban has to be there I would say sweater vest Trestle yeah yeah Sweater vest has to be up there. Les Miles. Uh, uh, yeah. I just didn't like him. I didn't like him either. And then you, I, I would throw Jimbo on there too. What about Pete Carroll? Um, no, you know what I don't like about Pete Carroll is that he ran to the NFL when he knew that his USC team was about to get sanctions. I don't like that. Urban ran Ohio when Tebow left and claimed to have a heart condition. But there were no sanctions. I mean, listen. Urban had sanctions out like – he had, dude, he had so many NCAA violations uh, that he kept swept under the rug. Pete Carroll had, had the whole Reggie Bush thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll also got trounced by a Texas team that they might should have beaten. Uh, Vince Young. Yeah. Vince uh, Young, dude, Vince Young was he was good. a whole other level. He was good. Too bad he's an idiot. Yeah. Too bad he is, like, mentally <laughs> an idiot. But, yeah, uh Saban for sure, Urban, Trestle, and it'd be a – I mean, you could interchange. Yeah, I guess you could interchange uh, Les Miles, Jimbo, and Pete Carroll. Yeah. That's how I would do it. I think you go back another 10 years, you had Bobby. Uh, Bobby Bowden. You could also make a, a case for Mac Brown. Yeah. Because Mac Brown – did good things at Texas. He's doing great things at UNC right now. UNC is supposed to challenge uh, Clemson this year for the ACC. Really? Um, yeah, Mac Brown was good. Has Bobby's much- Bobby's son that coaches at Clemson. Bobby uh, Dabu Dabo or son-in-law Sweeney yeah, Sweeney. Yeah, nah, I don't like him. No, nah, I wouldn't put him up there with the greats yet. Um, but yeah. Here's what I want to do. I was while while you were talking about Usain Bolt. Yeah, I want to know who your top three athletes all time are. Mm. Actually, go four. Make a Mount Rushmore. All time athletes, just overall athletes. Simone Biles. Okay. Didn't see that coming, but I should have since you're the cheerleader. Dude, she's she's great. Did you see that picture of her? At the at the U.S. I think it was the Nationals. Mm-mm. So on her on her Leo. Oh, with a goat. Yeah, in the rhinestones. No, she's great, bro. Yeah, she's great. Um, Simone Biles, uh, Michael Phelps. Okay. Um, greatest athletes. Athletes, not 
specific to just their sport, but just overall. So Matt Fraser. Who's that? Five-time CrossFit Games champion. Okay. Five-time in a row CrossFit okay. Games champion. Okay. I mean, got to respect it. No, yeah. yeah, fittest, yeah. fittest man on earth five years in a row. Um, God, it's, it's always the last one that's the hardest. It is. So Simone. But I got four. Simone, Matt Fraser. uh Phelps. Phelps and Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Athlete. Okay. Only only because he doesn't embody like the Roethlisberger mindset of quarterback. Like he, he truly trains his craft. Okay. Like he his diet, his workouts, like his mentality, his his records. Like I just it, he's not a fat guy, a, a slightly faster fat guy throwing a ball well behind bigger fat guys. Like Brady is a fifty year old. Like, I mean, look at it. he's almost fifty and he's still killing it. Right. I mean, that's just super okay. impressive. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. My four would go Bo Jackson, mm-hmm. Phelps, mm-hmm. Usain Bolt, mm-hmm. and Herschel Walker. Yeah. Herschel Walker, probably, he would probably be number one on mine. That was in no order, by the way. Yeah. Herschel Walker would probably be number one. Because you're talking about. Uh, you're talking about an all-pro running back, mm-hmm. a world-class sprinter, mm-hmm. and now in his 50s, beating people up MMA. I didn't know he was fighting. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And is like, winning. That's, you know, it's so hard. I think the hardest part about that list, like if, if you ask me who the best athlete, just the best single athlete, this is where I think we'd, we would completely differ, is I feel like Matt Fraser. Okay. Only because of the amount of things he does. Right. No, you know I, I mean? get like, that. No, I Brady get that. is a great athlete, but he's the best quarterback. Simone Biles is a great athlete, but she's the best gymnast. Right. Matt Fraser, if you look at the entirety of what those athletes do at the at the games, there's swimming events, there's gymnastic events, there's heavy weightlifting events, right. there's cardio events, there's biking events, there's running events. Like you could take and and what the reason I go there and a lot of people disagree with me on this is the whole idea with CrossFit is general. I want to be a generalist. I want to be able to do a lot of things very, very, very right. well. But I'm not going to specialize. But the idea behind it was if I can if I stay general, but I keep getting better at everything, eventually I'll start to creep the the specialist while also being able to do everything else well. Right. And that happened when Tia Claire Toomey competed in the 2016 Olympics in weightlifting and won the games that year. Right. So you got CrossFit athletes that are competing at the Olympics in specialized sports and winning at the games. Right. I think when you – and I like that you went to the left with that with the CrossFit dude, right? Because when you ask anybody that question, mm-hmm. they're going to go mainstream mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. They're not going to think of the – 
the Matt Frazier's, mm-hmm. you know, or anyone else that that does CrossFit because CrossFit's not on. It's e- a niche sport. It's a niche sport. It's not on ESPN every day. You're going to see the CrossFit games when they come up, you mm-hmm. know, on on the Ocho, mm-hmm. you know. But you're not going to. They're they're not going to get talked about. Right. If you ask the you know just some schmuck off the street who are the four greatest athletes, he's going to go mainstream. Yeah. Every time. Well, and the thing I love about. About free, what's made Frazier so dominant is like, you know, you say like you take a Brady, or like like we'll use Michael Jordan, okay? Because Michael Jordan had a similar mentality that Brady does. Michael Jordan, for the for if you know anything about Jordan, you know that if he missed a shot in a game, what would he do? Do a thousand of those shots right after the game, right? It was very well known that if he messed up. He would drill it and drill it and drill it and drill it. Frazier's the same way. You look at there was one year where there was a sprint event where they had they were on a, a football field and they had like a shuttle sprint and he got almost last. Okay, like and it was so rare because you never saw him do poorly at things. And the very next year they had a similar sprint type event and he got first. Right. There was another event where it had like an odd object and rope climbs. And this odd object was a heavy, like think like a tire flip, but it was it was a different apparatus that was like like a tire. You flip it once you get it up, like it's just an easy push. Right. This thing, there's no ease. It, it's heavy all the way over. It's just right. the way it's designed. That plus rope climbs smokes your grip. Right. And he didn't use like he. This was an every year they bring a new object that the athletes have never seen before, so they can't practice with it. So they have to figure it out on the fly. And he was using way too much arms versus like getting under it and pressing it. So by the time he got to the ropes, he couldn't climb the rope. Right. And he, he didn't finish the workout. And it's rare that you see him not finish something. And then the next time they brought the, that, that thing's called the pig, next time they brought it out, he went about it a totally different way. Never failed a rope climb event ever again. So it's like everything, any gap he's ever had, he drills it so much Michael Jordan's that in. he comes back the next year and like yeah. he doesn't like he doesn't lose. Yeah. He retired and it's to do other things. He'll like in my opinion, he would have never been beaten. Like he's that efficient. He would have never been beaten. Right. So I just I, I admire that. And it's somebody who's willing to look at the mirror and go, You suck at this. Yeah. On top of everything you're already training, you're gonna train this more. Yeah. So that you don't embarrass yourself again in front of everybody. And then he comes back and does it. Yeah, but it's the same argument with the just because you suck in the NFL doesn't mean you really suck. It's the same yeah. argument. Yeah. yeah. You may have sucked at this event this time, but you're still on a national level competing in these big CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. You don't really well, suck. Well, it's like Jordan. He missed shots, but he still has how many titles? Right. You know, like it, it's – but it's, it's that self-realization that like – Frazier, in, in interviews, he talked about, he's like, I hate training. Yeah. He's like, I hate it. Just like Muhammad Ali hated training. He's like, right. I hate going to workouts. Yeah. But he's like, he looked at the games as like when he would study for a test. He hated studying. He's like, but when I walk out of that room and everybody's freaking out and I know that I beat everybody and everybody's like, I don't know if I did well on that test. Say the same way. Like, I hate it, but when I stand out there and I watch everybody else behind me like sucking wind and dying... Like that's when I'm like, yeah, it was worth it. yeah. I hated practice too, and watching film and weightlifting. I hated it all. So if I could go back in time, I'd go back to seventh grade when I first really started lifting weights, play golf, and take it serious. <laughs> <laughs> I was already playing golf by then. I started playing golf in like, a la your Callaway shirt. Yeah, I, 
gangster. Yeah. Nah, I was already playing golf since like fourth or fifth grade, but yeah, I'd take it serious. You know, it might have gotten me a little farther than playing a year in D3. But whatever. Anyways, a little over an hour. Cool. We did good tonight. Snuck out two episodes. Good cover. Uh, like, subscribe, share, the huge. Let us know you're doing the things that you need to do to let us know you're listening. And uh, until let, us, let us know if you're triggered by anything we talk about. So we can <laughs> be sure to talk about it more. Yeah, so we can trigger you some moat. Uh, and until next time, whether that's two weeks from now, a week from now, three weeks from now, a month from now, whatever, we'll, <laughs> we'll catch y'all later. See ya. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.